M is for marketing. M is for marketing. Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode three of the M is for Marketing podcast. You're back with Justin and Derek Gates. What's good? So, guys, we are back. We got 25 listeners by the by episode two. We are super excited about it. Can't believe awesome. you guys tuned in. Big deal, big deal. Yeah, so hopefully we keep adding some value to your day and keep you guys here with us for the long haul. Absolutely. Thank you. Agenda he wanted to cover this week, and we're going to see where that takes us, and we're going to go from there. You got it, man. So first thing I want to talk about, something light, uh, but definitely important, is uh, what I like to call is DM spam, also known as direct message spam. So for my LinkedIn guys, my LinkedIn gals out there uh, that are conducting business, we've all been directly messaged. And if you're really being aggressive, uh, you've directly messaged some people as well trying to sell your product or services. But what I like to call DM spam or, or talk about is when you get such a canned message that brings no value, has no relevance to what you do. And to be honest, if they knew and actually went through like who you were, they never would have sent that to you, right? So for instance, uh, you're, you get offered a job and you're clearly a business owner and they're offering you a job selling insurance. That's a perfect example of direct message spam. Rank, I got to ask you, man, What's kind of like the worst DM spam that you've came across since you've been at it? Being honest, it's always like when another marketing company approaches oh, us. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. So, oh, no. <laughs> my favorite part is when I see the words SEO in my DMs. I'm like, you got to be kidding me, bro. No way. They didn't read, it. they didn't pay attention. Like they oh, definitely no. did not like notice that I wrote something called SEO is dead, you know, a week <laughs> or two back when they approached you with that thing. But that's probably the worst is people like literally trying to like push the same services we're out here hustling. Oh man. Yeah. That's awful. So like the reason why I, I bring it up is because I, I know that a lot of business owners can relate. And I know that, you know, it, it sucks when you receive like, just some terrible, corny, trash message that has nothing to do with your business, brings you no value. But there are times when you do get a DM, and it's a reasonable DM. They, they kind of scoped you out a little bit. Um, they, you know, they felt your, you know, felt your business out, and they brought you some relevance, and you don't reply. Like, you don't say shit back. Like, to me, that's, like, one of the worst things to do. I don't know how you feel about that, Rank. Absolutely. I, I, oh, man, I, that drives me crazy. There are two no replies on LinkedIn that kill me. One, when someone adds value and you don't even have this common courtesy, you'd be like, hey, I see what you did there. You added some value. I can see how it worked. But even if you're not ready, you're like, hey, not ready for this right now. Reach out to me in three months or explain to them exactly, you know, why it's not going to work out for you. The other is when someone adds you 
and then you reach out to the DMs after this person reached to you, reach out to you. You DM them to see, hey, how can we make this connection work? How are we adding value? And then you don't hear anything back. Those two things on LinkedIn absolutely kill me. Yeah, it's horrible. It's horrible, man. So my thing is, you know, kind of piggyback. If if you get it, if you get a DM and it's trash, okay, you know, if you don't want to respond, don't respond. But if you see that the person is actually trying to, you know, uh, bring some value to your business, at least try to figure out how they can be of service. At least give them a common courtesy to say no, get the hell out of my face, or just say, you know, hey, not at this time, or better. Set up a meeting with that person. Jesus. Exactly. Especially if they're bringing content. Like, these people are putting content on LinkedIn that you're enjoying, you're liking, you're taking information away from, and you're adding that to your business. But then you don't have the five minutes to address their DM or to set up a meeting or a phone chat. That's right. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm all upset. It's got a message etiquette, right? Right. You know what I mean? It can't just be. Hey, I'm not interested. You know, fuck off. That's eh, not no good. Everybody started, most of us, unless, you know, you kind of inherited the business. Maybe you worked your way up from, you know, the mailroom all the way to the CEO. Hey, no problem. But for most of us that are starting a business, right, and we build it from the ground up, we have tried to sell our services somehow, some way. And it really sucks when you don't get a reply at all. Absolutely. So I here. think I think about even go further into our business, man. You're talking about the, the startup part, the grind part. I remember a part where we started up this business. We had no business cards. We had no website. And Derek's out there. Derek's out there going door to door, right? And, and people were more receptive to this man showing up at their doorstep than they are in the DMs. And I, like, I don't know if that's a cultural problem. Or just the the newness of this LinkedIn system that we're dealing with, but but I, it's just crazy to think of that you know that that overall door to door grind being more effective than the DMs, right? Well, you know, and I think that there's a little wisdom in that what you just said. You know what I mean? It, when you think about it, yeah, it would probably make a little more sense. Uh, you're, it's very passive. I'm not in your face. You know what I mean? You can simply read it when you want to, get back to me when you want to. But there is a little bit of wisdom in the old school, you know, strapping your boots up, hitting the pavement, knocking on doors, and trying to bring value face-to-face. You know what I mean? But it is a little weird that I send you a message. And it's, like, again, it's passive. All you got to do is, uh, you know, get back to me when you have time. You know what I mean? If you get around to it. And plus, it's a it's a it's a hustler's code, man. Everybody's been in the grind. Everybody's been on the hustle, and everybody's been told no to a million times. Seeing that you know you've been in that position, I think it'd be a nice courtesy to at least respond and say hell no or yeah, man. I'll, I'll set up a meeting with you. Period. Absolutely. And on the flip side, I'll play devil's advocate. On the flip side, man, keep the spam out of people's DMs, guys. Be considerate. Jones. Be considered. You're hurting all the real right. business people out here using this platform for the right reasons. Yeah, you're killing us. You're killing us because what's happening is you're making it to where when they open it, if they even open it, you know what I mean? It's like, hey, is it is this some bullshit again? Is this some stuff that I don't want to see? You know what I mean? Instead of, hey, man, this guy, this person is really trying to add some value to your business. And this may be a particular pain point that you've experienced or that you're experiencing right now, but you won't open it because you're just being bombarded with crap 
all day long. So for anyone out there that's listening that is hustling on LinkedIn, I tip my hat to you. I commend you. I wish you the best. But please, please try to keep it quality. Try to keep the DMs quality. Exactly, man. We already destroyed email. Can we not destroy LinkedIn? Oh, my gosh. Come on, man. <laughs> we need it, man. Come on. Don't do it like that, you know? <laughs> oh, we've, yeah, we've killed it, man. We killed it. What is the next topic on that list, man? What else do people want to hear? Yeah. Real quick, man. I think that uh, we should touch on this. No, you're good. Because, you know, as a marketing company, man, you know what I mean? We, we, are, we are basically trying to get small businesses, really businesses of any size that, you know, see enough value and trust in us to do business with us. We're trying to get them to, you know, maybe outsource or maybe, you know, give us a piece of their marketing. And I think people are kind of reluctant sometimes to do that you know what i mean you you wear about five different hats and you think that you can add the marketing hat to it and that's sometimes one hat too many but i want to kind of briefly touch on a story uh from one of the most famous companies and probably the number one company in the world walmart may still have a stronghold but it's i'm telling you that grip has started to loosen up because apple is coming but when you think about steve jobs man this is before that iphone came out uh, their company was, you know, kind of, you know, hitting a little bit of turmoil, right? Steve Jobs was kind of going back and forth like, hey, are we expressing ourselves the right way? Is this really our USP? And what they did was they actually outsourced their marketing. And this is where you get the think different campaign, right? That did not come from an internal Apple source. That was actually outsourced. So the reason why I touch on that story is because people do not be afraid do not be so prideful. Do not be so stupid that you don't think that outsourcing marketing is a good thing or is an important thing uh, that your business can use. Absolutely. I think, I think we need to think, uh, even on a bigger scale, like outsourcing now is becoming, uh, it's, it's encompassing, right? Like you can outsource lots of things as a small business and be more effective. We work with an accounting firm that we completely outsource our accounting. It's widely open. We outsource our accounting to a firm called Sugar Creep Consulting. They're fantastic. Absolutely. Emily over there yeah. has the ability to remove an accountant, a controller, a bookkeeper. She's one person working with our company and, and eliminates three positions that we would need internally. Of course, we're going to turn that business over. We're never going to bring those three people in if we don't have – we have someone doing it. No more effective than we can do it and at a lay lower cost why would we expense that absolutely and the same goes to your marketing right i mean if you're gonna do the same thing with on all different levels at this point marketing accounting we're gonna continue to see this trend i think absolutely no, no I, just to kind of like you know add on to that yeah 100 percent correctly look, look make no mistake this digital paradigm shift this paradigm shift that is digital Change the whole world, the whole way we do business, and it's not going to stop. You know what I mean? You're, you're talking about uh, accountants, right? You're talking about controllers. You're talking about bookkeepers, and you're getting companies to realize, hey, you know what? This is an unnecessary expense if I can outsource it. I'll give you another one that's more, a little more popular than outsourcing your accounting is data. Oh, yeah. Right? You, you know, you, you're get, you've got companies, I mean, Big companies, Fortune 200 companies, Fortune 500 companies that say, hey, you know what? Our servers are not here. You know what I mean? The data is not here. It's hosted somewhere else. It's, it's, it's secure somewhere else, a level three, level five security, whatever. And 
that's what's happening right now. So yeah, on, on one side, it's kind of killer, right? Because it, it crushes the accountant's job. It crushes the internal marketer's job. It crushes the internal IT's job. But businesses are able to perform better, faster, cheaper. And that's the name of the game. So, you know, you're touching on something pretty heavy there when you start adding on to the accounting realm. I know there's probably a few accountants like, whoa, <laughs> wait a minute. <laughs> All right, hold your horses, man. All right, you know what I mean? This is my shit. I'm going to take care of it. But no, man, you, you know, it's coming. You know what I mean? And marketing is just another piece of that uh, layer of that onion that's being peeled. Absolutely. I think we should transition a little bit, man. That's kind of like, as you touched on earlier, is really kind of a non-marketing uh, topic. And I know that you feel strongly about this here. And, and, and basically, why is college sports better than pro? In your opinion. Yo, repeat the question, man. Sorry about that. Yeah, you're, no, you're good. I was, I'm asking, why is college sports Football, basketball, you name it. Why do you enjoy that? Much Got you. Sorry, man. Little internet technical difficulties glitched up on me, guys. That we are in two different yeah, places right now, but uh, it makes it a little bit more fun, right? Um, college sports. Yep. Why is it better than pro right now? It's not even close, in my opinion. Um, part of the reason is they've kept money out of college. Well, they've pretended to keep money out of college sports for the last, you know, fifty years. <laughs> but I, I think yeah. it's a drive. Um, it's kind of the same spot of being a startup right we're kind of looking at that the same way why i want to watch college sports is because these guys haven't made it yet even if they are uh supplementing their un- income on their or on their way yeah they're, sure. they're not millionaires yeah. yet and they're not comfy they don't know what their future holds they're not getting endorsement deals these guys are grinding every day to be able to change their lives and their families' lives and i think that you see that on the field and you see it in the interviews on the post game and the passion in the Absolutely. game is just so much different than it is on the pro level. Yeah. Oh, there's no no doubt about it, man. You know, kind of, you know, to, to add on to that, when you talk about – because in essence what you're saying is when you remove money or you remove, you know, the big contracts, the big money that these players see when they transition to the pro level, when you remove that and you keep it, you know, more so towards the essence of the game, why you wake up every day, why you train so hard. Don't get me wrong. You, you know a big contract is coming for those special players, but you more so play the game for the love. And that shows up everywhere on the field, that shows up in the stands with the fans, that shows up with the coaches, that shows up on the hardwood, period, point blank. And as a viewer, as a consumer of this, you just fall in love with it. It gets you way more pumped up, way more excited than seeing pro. But as you did on the last topic, I have to do the same thing. I have to play a little devil's advocate, right? I want to say this about the pro game. Some people prefer the pro game because you are literally watching the best of the best go at it, which is is happening in college, but definitely not on the level of what's happening in the NFL when you're watching Tom Brady, when you're watching Antonio Brown, you know, old school Randy Moss, you know what I mean? Barry Sanders, even though you got to love him in college, you know, he came back into the pros. But you're seeing the peak 
of what these guys can do. And sometimes that is just absolutely fantastic. And then you talk about the stories, right? Think about the 80s with Magic and Bird. You know, think about the early 90s with the Bulls. You know what I mean? Like, you could see some of that same stuff in college, but it's something special about when the pros get there. Something special about how we follow and how we kind of hold these pro athletes on a pedestal. 100%, man. I I think that comes down to – it's funny, man – I hate wrapping all this back to marketing, but if we if we do that, it, it, it's a difference. Like, do you yeah. want to work with a hungry startup that's going to sell their soul to make your company better, or do you want that polished professionalism that you know, like you, you they have a reputation, they kill it every day. Right. You've seen it. Other yeah. big businesses work with it, or do you want to get, work with that yeah. hungry person that that hungry kid that could change the game forever? I mean, you're seeing both right. sides of it. It just kind of which side do you want to be on? I think that's kind of same marketing as in the pros. It's just your fans are going to lean one way or the other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, I mean, the potential. You know what I mean? When you're seeing, you know, what could be versus what is, man. I mean, it's it's heavily appealing. And you know, I understand both sides, man. I'm I'm kind of personally a person that you know I'm going to be you know all in the college game. I'm going to be all in the pro game. You know, I'm just a sports guy. I watch it all the way through. So, you know, I just Bro, have to bring quick, that up. Quick shot. Who you got? McGregor or Khabib? Oh, my gosh, man. Oh, oh, oh man. You know what I mean? It's so funny because if you just use your, your you know, your, your, your logic, you're going to say, hey, wait a minute here. You know what I mean? Um, you know, McGregor has so much trouble fighting on the ground he's going against you know arguably you know the hottest ground fighter in the game if you've watched what this guy Khabib's been doing lately he has just been destroying cats on the ground but I'm gonna have to go with with McGregor and I'm gonna tell you why really quick we've seen McGregor tested against Aldo Jose Aldo for the folks who don't know before McGregor knocked him out in my opinion, bro, and I watch a lot of UFC, I thought that this guy was the third best UFC fighter I've ever laid eyes on. That's how good this guy was. McGregor knocked him out in like nine seconds, okay? You know, everybody you've put in front of McGregor, no matter if their ground game was better, no matter if they were bigger, I mean, he's whooped him, you know, outside of Nate Diaz, which was an excellent fight, and that's a big guy. You got to think, McGregor had to move up two weight classes, okay, to compete with this guy. So if I'm a betting man, you would be very foolish to bet against McGregor, period. So I'm going with McGregor all day, man. How about yourself, my friend? Oh, you're fucking right. I'm yeah. definitely going with McGregor. <laughs> you're fucking all... kidding me, man. <laughs> <laughs> all day, man. I, I just You can't bet against him. He's like the Patriots in the playoffs. Even if the team's not as good as the team they're playing, they're going to win. They're going to win, just, man. They're yeah. going to win. Yeah, the odds are there, man. So – you know, plus, I mean, just, you know, to touch on it one more time, man, um, I, I think people are underestimating or people are not understanding, you know, the greatness of McGregor. I mean, you're talking about a – this guy's a scientist, man. You know what I mean? It's beyond the physical. When you understand how mentally prepared – when you understand that this guy studies biomechanics, you know, and he's he's studying – the movement of the body, studying, you know, the different points and pressure points of hitting the skull. I mean, this guy is very Bruce Lee, Bruce Lee-esque in the detail of his uh, profession. So, I mean, keep that in mind. 
Absolutely. Let's transition. Let's get out of the sports world, man. Let's t- let's take it somewhere else. Where are we yeah, going? Yeah, yeah, man. Let's talk about uh, the underutilization. And I want to repeat this word, man. I-, I think people really need to pay attention to this. The underutilization of ad spend. My friend, you've been a marketer for the last 10 years. You've seen some trends. And you were really hot on this ad spend topic. So I want you to talk about and, and, shed, and shed some game, man. Give some wisdom to the people on – the underutilization of ad spend. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Every meeting I'm in, man, every meeting, I'm like, hey, give me 20 bucks. Just give me 20 bucks. Let, let, me, let me take one of your posts, give me 20 bucks, and I will blow your mind. <laughs> we still have the ability on Facebook. Well, LinkedIn's a little expensive right now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a little expensive. Yeah, a little pricey. But it'll come down. But Facebook, Instagram, um, we can get on there and we can make so much noise for so cheap. It is mind blowing. It Gary V talks about it all the time. And I hate like, cause he's on, he likes to get his voice out there, his face out there. And he says this a lot. And it's, it's so accurate that it's the only platform for super cheap that you can compete with Mars and M&Ms. You can compete with Gatorade. You can compete with Doritos. You can p- compete with insurance. You, your small business has the ability to go nose to nose with the biggest companies in the world, and you can do it at a cost that is actually affordable. Oh, it's 100%. my it, yeah, it's mind blowing. Well, here's the here's the thing, man, and I think that you know this is what people should really be afraid of is when these large companies start to pivot and say, "Hey, you know what? Let me get five hundred million of that ad space." And I'm going to tell you, when that happens, our careers, man, I mean, I, I don't know, man, we may have to, you know, pivot in our own business, but that's going to be ruined. It's going to be the same as the Google ad spend. It's going to get ruined. We're not far from it, man. Think about YouTube right now. So YouTube is about to transition to where you either pay YouTube or you get ads. The skip ad button at yeah. the bottom is going away. They've made that very clear. <laughs> It is going to go away, right? Right. And so YouTube is going to become TV. You're just looking, you're watching it from a different platform, but it's literally the the TV of the future. And you're going to start seeing these Super Bowl style ads and these large companies buy up real estate like it's never been done before. Yeah, 100%, man. 100%, man. Like, and, and, and to be honest, man, like, I think that's why it's so critical. I think it's why we preach this so much especially being a marketing company that is passionate, is geared, is structured to support small businessmen and women. You know, when we try to stress this, because the storm is coming, man, it's only a matter of time, you know, before these guys start to get really serious about this ad spend. And it's going to mark that price up. And when you hit them with that $20 spill or, hey, give me 20 bucks, you're probably going to say, give me 200 bucks. (laughs) You know what I mean? So we've, we've already seen this happen, right? We saw it happen with Google. Look at Google PPC. So your average business has now been pushed out of Google. Well, people still are, uh, I shouldn't say this. PPC, in my opinion, is dead for small businesses because the price too much. for the ROI is too much. Yeah. It's not worth it. And we're going to see that on social at some point, right? Or we'll see something transition and give, it'll still allow small businesses on a different platform. But I would say that you're going to see Facebook and Instagram and LinkedIn. You're going to start seeing that price skyrocket. We've already seen it with LinkedIn, actually. So the other two platforms, you're going to see that price increase shortly. 
So, I mean, I think both of us have strong, strong opinions on ad spend. We spend a lot on ad spend when we have something ready to go. We have something big for all of our viewers coming up soon. Absolutely. Um, and we're going to put a bunch of ad spend behind us so all of you have to view it if you want to or not. Um, in, your but, uh, in your face. It's going to be in your face every day. Yeah. But So we're excited about it. But we do it. We do it with all of our customers. And if I could share some of that ROI with you guys, you'd be mind blown. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you want to get it while it's hot, man. It's truly, you know, when you use the analogy, it's like real estate, man. You know, once it's purchased up, once we buy up the block, right? You know, not so much we, but once that block is bought up, you know, how can you get a house there? You know what I mean? What are you going to do? Move me out? Are you going to, you know, start a hurricane, blow it away? I mean, it's done. So it's important to to capitalize on that real estate now, man, and, uh, you know, I mean, use it. Yep, you don't want to be settling for that corner a lot. For sure. For sure. So... I think that about wraps it up, man. How you feeling? Feeling good, guys. Um, questions, questions, questions. We got a bunch of you guys starting to loosen and tune in every week. Don't be shy. Get on that voice app. It'll what it does is if you use the anchor app or one of our other apps, because oh yeah, by the way, we're syndicated now. Um, oh, so man, you'll be hearing our voice over every platform. But uh get on there, ask them some questions. We're gonna get your voice on the podcast. And have you guys live, and then we'll answer the questions on the spot. So we'd really appreciate if you guys hopped on there or um, reach out to us on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram. We're everywhere, Hard Media Group um, or Hard Media G um, on most of our handles. Got it, guys. All right. It's been good. Episode three is in the books. Trifecta. We will, uh, <laughs> the trifecta. We'll talk to you guys in about four days. You got it, man. Take care, guys. Have a good weekend. And, uh, Video is king. Yeah, much love. M is for marketing. M is for marketing. <laughs>